Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. Greetings and salutations, my friends. Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That? My name is Grant. It's awesome to have you hanging out with us today. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate you. I know there's a lot of other great podcasts out there. There's a ton that I listen to whenever I'm traveling or driving down the road or commuting or, uh, well, I guess I don't commute. I commute to the basement to my office, but I'm just running errands or anywhere in my car, I'm listening to podcasts. So I know there's a lot of great ones out there, but it really means a lot that you're hanging out with us. Really, really appreciate you and dig you. Hey, we got a great episode for you today. We're not disappointing you today. Hopefully we're not disappointing you any day for that matter. But today we are interviewing my friend Jeff Douglas, who is the founder and CEO of a company called Cybus Communications. And Cybus is basically an, an event, I guess an event production company. So if you look at like high-end event production, like the Grammys or the ESPYs or some type of like high-end award show, all of the lights and the audio and the video and the technical pieces and the stage and everything that goes into making it look really good and smooth, that's basically what Jeff's company does. So as a speaker, Jeff and I have worked at a few events together. I've been on the one on stage with a microphone and he's made me sound and look prettier than I really am. So also his company, they've done a lot of work with major Fortune 500, 500 uh, companies as well. They've done a couple of events for the White House. So we get into that and talk about that story. So a uh, great story, great journey that Jeff has been on to identify something that he's passionate about and then creating a business and a living around it. So let's get into it. Here's my interview with Jeff. Enjoy. Hey, what is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by my friend, Jeff Douglas, who runs Cybus Communications, which is basically an event production company that makes events look pretty. Is that a good way of putting it, Jeff? I think that's fair, Grant. I like that. I like that. All, right. All right. So event production. We have worked together. We've been at several events together where I've been a speaker. So you, we've crossed paths several times. You do a lot of the audiovisual stuff, and you make me look and sound better on stage than I really am. So from someone that may not be familiar with, with who you are and what you do, uh, give us a snapshot of what Cybus is all about. Okay. It's good to talk to you again, Grant. Yeah, always good to catch up. Nice one. We cross paths like, you know, a couple times a year at, at various events that I'm on stage and you're behind the scenes, but it's nice to talk shop here and, and catch up on what you guys do. Well, you like to be on stage. I like to be behind the scenes. That's pretty <laughs> much it. We are a creative communications company and everything from design to branding to motion graphics to full-blown live event productions such as motivational session session or an award ceremony or a corporate event. We do all the event technology, the set design, the cameras, the lights, the sound, the video screens, and then we run the show. We script the show in most cases. We're doing the stage choreography. So really everything that is creative communications. And it, it's sometimes with events and sometimes it's just campaigns for organizations and a little bit of touch of advertising. Yeah, and I think just to give people a picture here, I've spoke at hundreds and hundreds of events, been to plenty of events too. We're not talking about like you just put up a stage and a microphone and it all. I mean, we're talking like high tech, really sharp, multi-screens, stage designs, just the whole works, multi-cameras. I mean, we're talking big productions here. This is not just, you know, for like 100 people. And we're talking, you know, typically the, the conferences I know where you and I have crossed paths, it's been several thousand people that are there. So these are large scale operations, right? These are high pressure situations. Yes. <laughs> you're, don't, I don't, I'm worried you're going to burst into sweat just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I crave the rush, though. There's definitely a rush when you have thousands of people walking into a room, or in some cases, running into a room, 
and you get one chance to do it right. And yes, we like to think we're producing kind of a smaller version of the Academy Awards or the Teen Choice Awards in many cases, but they are full-blown productions and we have, you know, we're running with the clock. The show is timed and you just get one chance to do it perfect. And that's what's so fun about it. It's all live. There's no, it's yes. the same from your, your standpoint and mine being on stage. Like there's no duo. You got to get it in. And there's, you know, there's some events where I've been at where they're like, you know, just talk until you're done, but not with Jeff. <laughs> Jeff says, you have a clock, you go until the <laughs> clock is over and then you better shut up and get off stage or we'll turn your mic off. So I am uh, emphatic about starting on time and ending on time. Exactly. Exactly. And that's good. That's, I mean, that's one thing that makes a, you know, a, an event run well is uh, just staying, staying on schedule. So uh, let's talk about this. You started this company. How, where did this interest in like event production and management and all that stuff come in? Because it's one thing to like watch the Academy Awards or the Teen Choice Awards or the ESPYs or watch some type of award show. That's again, that's a high end production. It's another thing to be like, I want to do that. I want to make that. I want to produce that. So give us just a snapshot of where that interest comes from. You know, I said exactly that back in, I, I think it was 1996, I attended a event for Future Business Leaders of America, and I walked in this room and experienced a show with about 2,500 of my friends, and I literally said, I want to do that. And that was not necessarily the beginning of my interest in, in video or design, but that was when the live event bug just took over my life. What was it that appealed to you about the event itself? Because again, I've been in the, I guess, the other side of it. Of I come into it and I'm just immediately, I'm like, this looks really, really cool. But my guess is this is a crap load of work to make this look <laughs> as cool as, as it does. So what was it that was interesting to you about the overall career well, industry? Like I said, I used the word bug. I guess I'm just drawn to the lights and the sound. But, <laughs> you know, also just the energy. It was, I was in a room with people who were, just already psyched to be there, the production, uh, high quality production. There's just so much enthusiasm. I love the, the power of really a power of multimedia to make people happy, to lift people, to move them, get them to do something, influence them, all of that. It, it, so that was the best part, I think. And so it's funny when we do our shows, we're very different from most production companies in the sense that we aren't necessarily backstage. Our production team in many cases is what we'd call front of house, so we can enjoy the show with the audience. We want to see them laugh. We want to hear them scream. We want to be a part of the show. That's what does it for me, for sure. And that it, it definitely it hit pretty hard then. Of course, I was a freshman in high school at the time, so I had no idea how much work was going to be involved to actually do it. So, I mean, when you're a 15-year-old and you see something that's like, oh, that's kind of cool, that's kind of interesting, where do you, once you kind of, uh, you know, you, you go through high school, you go to, did you go to college to study this? Is this something you can study? You can study it. I did not really study it. I actually pursued computer science and information systems, but I found that I needed to be around creative people. So, so, <laughs> so. you knew like, okay, I like this. I know I want to do something with creatives. And so this yeah. seems to be like a possible fit. So once you finish up college, what are your, kind of your next steps? Do you work with a company to kind of get into it? Because obviously, again, there's a lot of moving pieces. It's not just you touching a board and making it all happen. I mean, you got video, you got lights, you got a lot of different parts. And I assume you add parts to the pieces of the puzzle as you grow. But how do you even start off to start to find clients and build a business? Well, you know, I think it's, it's funny. As soon as I graduated college, the first thing I did was I found a great job opportunity selling insurance. <laughs> right in line with it. <laughs> exactly. So 
I, you know, I believe and I talk to everybody about pursuing their passion, certainly. But when it came down to it, I also have to pay the bills. So yeah. that was my that was my first take on life, I suppose, after college. Certainly, I'd been dabbling in production and had, you know, on the side. And, and Cybus had already kind of begun, but we were doing very small scale jobs. But I honestly, I went out to sell insurance. And so my story is that I went to this big rally for folks, new people in this company. I traveled out of town to just experience this. And there was a live show. There's thousands of people in the room. and There's a live show. And they're all learning about how to sell insurance and be all you can be in that world. And I sat there and thought, oh, my God, I need to be behind a camera, behind a console, behind the stage. I don't want to be in this audience right now selling insurance. It just nothing against insurance sales. But (laughs) I mean, I wanted to be a part of that production kind of reinvigorated and and proved to me like this. That's my passion. That's my calling. So you said with Cybus, the company itself, you'd already started it. So it wasn't like this dream or this passion had set dormant since your freshman year of high school. Like you'd been doing some stuff, but it's, so it sounds like you'd kind of just been dabbling in it and it's just kind of, you know, when work comes, you can get it. But in the meantime, you got to eat and live indoors. So the insurance is kind of paying the bills. Well, I don't think I ever made a dollar selling insurance. I think that's, <laughs> <laughs> so, but there were big dreams behind there. But yeah, I did. I mean, I started Cybus essentially around the same time, 1995, actually. Back then I was doing computer training and getting people on the internet and upgrading their modems and whatnot. And then I did more design. I found small projects. I doing some video. I got involved at University of Central Florida, UCS. They have a production committee that really supported all the shows that they do on campus, whether it's the Miss UCF pageant or uh, some kind of entertainment that's coming into town. So that's when I got some real hands-on experience, a live show production of much bigger scale. Meanwhile, I'm still kind of involved in FBLA and attending those shows and honestly taking a lot of notes. <laughs> right. So whenever you're first getting started there and you're attending some shows, you're helping with some shows, is it still continuing to click with you? Like, okay, yeah, this is it. It doesn't matter like how much work it takes. Like this is the thing that I want to do. Cause sometimes, you know, things, they look glamorous or sexy from the outside. Like you guys make a, like, again, you make a show look really, really good, but I mean, there's a crap load of work that goes into it behind the scenes. So even once you're getting into the amount of work that it takes to put on an event, is it still just like, yeah, it doesn't matter how much work, like this is my thing or how are you kind of feeling about it? It's an immense amount of work, and everybody on our team can certainly share those sentiments, but it's the payoff, and that's the coolest thing about live events. It's the payoff that when you're there with thousands of people, you know, you can experience that. And then my favorite part is then you can also say, that was an awesome show, and be yeah. done with it. Right. <laughs> so that's a big, big, a great feeling, I should say. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the hard work, I don't really think about it when you're in the, in the moment and you're either planning or setting up or, or editing, whatever it is, it doesn't really always seem like work because it is something that I enjoy. Yeah. And I think that's important for people to realize in any type of career or industry is, you know, when you're doing something that to others may be work, but to you, it's just like, I don't know, it's, I don't, maybe I'm weird in this sense, but this is kind of fun. I kind of enjoy this to where someone else may be like, you know, video editing and setting up a stage and lights and all that jazz. It just sounds miserable. But for you, you're like, no, <laughs> like I really dig it. I really enjoy it. And that's the same way, you know, I, I feel about, about speaking, you know, or podcasting or whatever the fill in the blank for someone, someone else may be like, that yeah. sounds miserable to me. But to you, if it just 
excites you, if it brings you to life. I mean, that's something, whether you're in your teens or your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, that's something you got to pay attention to. What are those things that just like, I don't know, it's hard to explain or articulate, but when I do that thing, I just I feel like I come alive. You totally do. And of course, you know, a big part of it for me was, was the people. You know, I found just some phenomenal people in this industry. So when you're working alongside those who you enjoy and have fun with, that makes a big difference too. I mean, I, I'm in love with the industry and the shows and the creative side, but I really enjoy I enjoy the team. I mean, you meet so many different people all over, all different types of people that it, it really keeps things interesting. Right. So let's go back to you're at that insurance conference. You are starting down the insurance trail. You know it's not for you. You've started yeah. Cybus. It's, you know, you got a couple little things, but it sounds like not enough to pay the bills. You realize though there, like, I can't keep doing this insurance thing. I can't go down this trail. I've got to make this event thing happen. So where do you go from there to make that transition? Started slow, you know, but I, I recruited some friends, more or less. I mean, I've already been working with some friends through college, and we just started drafting up ideas of who we could start providing services to. Of course, at the very beginnings of Cybus, or, you know, even at that stage in 2002, really, we would still pretty much do anything for a buck. I mean, if you need a logo, we're your people. If you need a business card, call us. If you yeah. need a video on whatever, I mean, we, we want that business. Right. It didn't take long, though, for us to do just a couple shows that were for student leadership organizations for people to start talking about Cybus, which was a big deal. You know, people talked about the Cybus shows as being something just to cut above the rest, set a, kind of a new standard for what we could deliver. Of course, our team is young. We're energetic. We, I think, uh, get the demographic that we're producing for. So it was just a couple shows before Cybus got a little bit of a buzz, I guess, in that market, really. And so I feel very blessed because then, you know, our clients were selling for us. Right. Well, I think there's two great lessons there. Like one, whenever you're getting started, you have to eat and live indoors. Like you have to bring money in somehow, you know? So maybe that means that I don't want to do just video stuff or just design stuff long term. But when you're getting started, you got to do some of that to get you going in the right direction, though. So it sounds like given the choice between designing a business card for a potential client versus selling insurance, it's like, well, I'd rather not. I don't want to design business cards for the rest of my life. But this is closer in alignment to what I want to do long term. So I'm willing to, you know, to do that in order to get going there. It sounds like that was kind of the case for you. Oh, yeah. And I still loved it. I mean, at the time, I just an excuse to do a real project and, and spend all night in Photoshop. That was fun. Like I, I dug it. And, you know, but also starting small, my friends and I, we worked in my apartment. We were arm's length away from the washing machine and from each other. And so <laughs> sounds glamorous. The bills were pretty low. We were pretty conservative. Certainly, that's uh, pretty essential to starting a business. But we learned over the course of a couple of years what kind of things in the creative communications uh, field that we were both the strongest at and what was most marketable and most profitable, honestly. Right. Well, I'd like another thing that you said there is that, and I've always said this about speaking, like your best marketing is showing up and doing a great job. And okay. so, you, you know, you can go out, you can send out the email marketing or the Google AdWords or blast people or whatever, but just showing up and doing a great job. Again, from a speaking standpoint, I know that events where I get booked and I'm like, oh, Cybus is there. Sweet. Because I know that it's going to be great to work with. I know we're going to have a good experience. And so whenever that happens, then it's easy whenever, you know, clients ask 
me, or they talk amongst themselves and a lot of different industries. I think that's applicable and relevant that, you know, if you do a good job with one particular organization or individual or group or company or whatever, that a lot of times other people that they run in the circles with, they talk to each other about who they use for various services. And so if you provide a great service in whatever industry, there's a good chance word spreads about what it is that you offer. That's exactly what's been happening with our team and, and our clients and, and our shows. We are very, very proud of serving our clients for really over 10 years at this point. Uh, pretty much keep all of our clients. I'll do anything I, I can to, to maintain a relationship. You know, from a business side, it's a whole lot cheaper to keep a client than to earn a new client. Mm-hmm. The marketing side of our company, we just don't really do much. I've always figured if we just go a little bit above, if we do 110% rather than 100%, we're going to build fans out of our clients. And that's what we want. We want a fan base to talk about us and just to share the word about us, to enjoy us so much and the work that we do for them, to know our level of commitment that they would be happy to pick up the phone on our behalf. For an event that may be you know, several thousand people and there's a lot of moving pieces, like give me an example. Like What is something you could do that goes that extra 10% above what would be industry standard? In this field for doing shows... It, I look at things like the designs, of course, the design quality, uh, the, the tightness of a show. The stage design is a big deal. And we probably lose money on all of our stage designs just because that makes such a positive impression on the audience. It's such a major impact. It is it's not necessarily a moneymaker, but it's a good eye candy <laughs> to, yeah. to complete the experience for a show. It's just the level of detail. If we're creating a music soundtrack for the event or a playlist, it's not random. I mean, we're not pushing you know, Pandora. We're crafting it. We're trying to really sync things up to the moment of the show. What kind of feeling are we trying to communicate here? I think in every department, there's ways to do it where people are going to say, yeah, that was good. And then there's ways to do it where people say, that was amazing. And we try to really pull off the, that was amazing in every department. Lighting, same thing. You could flash some lights around the room, but when you can move the lights and choose the right colors and time it correctly with just that mood that maybe the presenters are talking about, that's going to make the show just to cut above the rest. So whenever, how, like, how do you learn some of that? Is some of that just like, you just have to do it enough where you start to get a better feel for what works and what doesn't? I assume when you're starting, you just, a lot of it's just kind of trial and error and you, you don't know what you don't know. So you're just throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks or how do you kind of gain some of that knowledge? I think that we have a kind of a focus group at every show we do. That, that's the, yeah. one of the neatest parts. I mean, at the beginning of Cybus, we were doing websites. And to this day, I still say, we'll do everything creative communications except for websites. And the reason is <laughs> you get no feedback from people who look at your website. You don't know whether it was good, bad. Now, I say that, of course, these days there's so many analytical tools. So maybe, maybe the webmasters out there will argue with that point. But when you do a live show, you get instant feedback or instant gratification in some cases. So you can, there's times that we're actually revising the show while the show is in progress, which is a pretty neat opportunity that you just don't get in many other, yeah. many other fields. So if we feel like, hey, there's just not enough energy in the room or, hey, the audience is really kind of too excited. We needed them to calm down for this important, maybe a memorial moment or something. Yep. You know, we'll change out the music and lights and script and reorder blocks 
to keep things real time. It's real. You get one chance again. So. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that, I mean, there's so many comparisons to speaking of when you're on stage, some of that you're just kind of reading the audience and making adjustments on the fly. But like you said, you get that immediate reaction. You know, we're doing a podcast right now and we're recording and it's just the two of us talking and there's going to be thousands of people that listen to this, but it, you don't have that instant feedback that you do of standing on a stage and looking at people's faces and getting some of that immediate reaction and being able to make some adjustments in both directions. Because yeah, like you're saying, there's sometimes the event where students are, the audience is so hyped up that it's tough Mm -hmm. to reel them back in for something serious. And then sometimes where they're dead and you're like, I need there to be some more energy. Otherwise you're just walking into a dead audience there. So some of that, like whether it's events or speaking or anything, some of that just comes with time that you just kind of figure out as you go. Yeah. And this is killing me. Grant, when are we going to do this live? (laughs) I'm in. We'll have to compare notes after we're done here and see what events we've got in the next year. So uh, let me ask you this for what is something that like goes on behind the scenes that like nobody would know about that helps make an event great? You mean like during the show? Yeah, like just give me a, like if I look at the ESPYs, the Academy Awards, the Grammys, the whatever, you know, some big show, like what is something that goes on behind the scenes with the production that like nobody gets to see that is just kind of cool, but it's there, but nobody really knows about? Oh, I think that maybe just the rallying of people, of course, for any kind of show, whether it's one of our live events or certainly broadcast television. Again, we want a tight show. We want to make sure that when we call somebody out to stage, they're there and we bring a lot of you know VIP people. You know, we, of course, we'll bring out Grant Baldwin on stage, and when Come you're called, now. we want you there. So there's <laughs> this almost like organized chaos. Sometimes it's just chaos, but I like to think of it as organized chaos backstage to find people and get them in position, ready to go. And it's funny because there's always this moment when you tell somebody to go out on stage, they, they look back at you. This is one of the things you learn from experience. They look back at you and say, "Now." And so, no, no, no. You were supposed to go a moment ago when I told you to go. So we've learned that you have to push people. You have to literally grab them and push them onto the stage because there's always that extra hesitation. And we don't want that hesitation. We want things to work like clockwork. So when it comes, you know, one of our events, you know, VIP, there's clients, there's sometimes sponsors, there's a whole, you know, award winners, a whole gamut of people backstage at any moment. And nobody sees that. And of course, we don't want anyone to know that there's a little bit of chaos going backstage. And as someone who sits backstage for much of the show, I know the organized chaos that exists. But yeah, it looks very pretty up front. Now, we've done some work together, but I know at the same time, you've done a lot. And I'm just kind of scrolling through your site here. You've done a lot even in like the political world, working with, is it like presidential candidates and like high presidential or I guess political figures. Is that right? Yeah. Well, we had a, we've had a, a good time working with the White House on nine events, actually, over time for various summits and, and leadership events. We produced an event uh, really in, in New Orleans and D.C. and Nashville, all over for the First Lady and the President. Uh, incredible opportunity, obviously, because it's high profile and you learn, well, that was neat for us because at that time we literally were doing 100% student events. Yeah. And we learned that we can transition these, what we were doing for student events into something that was significantly different. Obviously, because it's more high profile, it's just a different demographic. Now we're talking about world dignitaries in an audience. And so we were able to test our approaches if you will. Uh, The same music that you would play for 17-year-old is not the same (laughs) as you would play for some of the other folks coming from all different countries. But we were tested in how well we can tune into the audience. And that was one of the most exciting parts. And then, again, we did one show. 
and people talked about it. And so we did it over and over again. <laughs> All right. I got to know just out of curiosity's sake and just from a fascination standpoint, what's it like to produce an event that the president of the U.S. is there? What's it like with interacting with Secret Service? I assume like they got to go through like everything like crazy of what you're doing. So what, what is that even like? I mean, as you might expect, you see the dogs coming through, uh, <laughs> you go into the scanners and all that. You know, when you, it's funny, I've been asked that before, and I, I don't know that I even remember the moment. <laughs> You're a little on edge. It's all kind of a blur. There was so much energy, so much you know, nervous tension at the same. But on the other hand, it's also, you know, we were fairly well-practiced, fortunately, in doing shows. So you just do what you do. And we like to, I don't know that we focus harder because it's the president. I don't, I don't really care who it is. We're going to try to do a darn good show no matter what. But the interesting part about the shows of the White House was that we had to leave the room for a good, at least an hour prior to showtime. And then we would walk in the room like 30 seconds before the general guests would be allowed in. This is because they had to sweep the room and do all of the security measures that they do. And I wasn't used to that. Usually we're in the room, we're making last minute preparations, we're fine tuning things, we're rehearsing things. We were told we have to leave the room. We'll come back when everybody else comes back. That was bizarre. And, <laughs> and it's scary. not like you can tell them otherwise. You have no say. You, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> That's crazy. So, okay, let me ask you this. When you've got some type of business, whether it be you know event production or whatever, you know you look at something like doing an event for the White House. I mean, that is a serious thing. But how do you even get that type of business? It's not like you call the switchboard and you know ask for the event production people. Like, how do you get a? And again, this isn't just applicable for event, but for any type of thing, whether it's the White House or whatever, just some big fill in the blank, you know, corporation or company or whatever. How do you go about getting business with that high level of an opportunity? You know, again, I just think it comes down to doing good work consistently. In the case of our work with the White House, we were fortunate to be uh, partnering with Tri Leadership Resources. And we, we've been great partners now for about 10 years where they handle event logistics and, and we handle the show production and creative. So together, we are kind of like a force to be reckoned with and when it comes to conference planning and, and productions. But it's really the same thing. It's it's doing consistent good work no matter who it's for. It is relationship driven. Certainly, I've learned that over the years. But when it comes to a show, you got to trust somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so just performing 100% every time. For someone that may be listening to this going, okay, I'm totally interested in the event production space. I would love to get into it. Whether it be from the, you know, running the whole show as like an executive producer or a director type role, or I would love to be able to just, I'd love to run the camera or to push buttons that make lights do pretty things or whatever it is. Where would someone even begin to get into this industry? I think you got to get your feet wet. You got to intern you got to just go do it. I'm sure there's lots of production companies all over that would welcome the enthusiastic individual who wants to just come, just try it out. I know we would, but I think on one hand, that's also what's been able to set our company apart from others is we traditionally don't recruit the 30-year veteran in the industry. We recruit those who are most passionate about it. It's so much so that actually we're starting we're kind of dabbling with this idea, I should say, of, of creating the Cybus Institute because we've been so successful over the last 10 years to take young talent and provide an opportunity for them to you know, improve their own skills and to work with real projects and real clients. 
that I actually think that that's maybe the future of our company is that we spend more time creating opportunities for both youth and, and otherwise alike who just love the industry or think that they may love the industry. But you've got to get your feet wet. You have to just go do it. And when it comes to career opportunities in this field, people will recognize hard workers. I know I do. Right, right. <laughs> so it doesn't matter quite as much you know, what degree someone might have or necessarily what's in their resume. I can get to know within about you know just a, a short amount of time whether it's going to be a good relationship with our company just by the level of energy. Is this clearly something that you love doing? And are you a hard worker at it? But if somebody wants to get into the field, I don't personally go say, oh, go get a degree or go take classes on it. I think it's better to intern, go work for free, honestly, right. and show people what you're capable of. Well, and even going and full study up, you know, study up on your own, certainly. Yeah. And I was going to say, even like going full circle to what we talked about early on, like, from the outside looking in, when you're watching a show production, it looks glamorous. It looks sexy. Like, of course I'd want to do that. That seems really interesting. But it's important for you to kind of get in the trenches and try some of that behind-the-scenes stuff to figure out, do I still really, really like this? Is it something that I really connect with and click with? And again, that's not exclusive to just event production. That's with anything. You know, Being a speaker looks cool when you're on stage in front of thousands of people and Jeff shines pretty lights on you. But there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that people don't see. That You've got to understand that part of it, too, to understand whatever the field or industry is that do I like that behind the scenes part that at the end of the day is really just kind of, kind of work. Yeah. And someday if I can, you know, get the nerve to step out on stage, Grant, then <laughs> maybe we'll tag team there. <laughs> we'll change roles and uh, you see how you do on stage. I'll see how I do pushing some buttons there. Yeah, so, Hey, let's wrap up with this for people that want to find out more about you and, and Cybus, give us a website. Where can we go to learn more about you? I'm going to make it real easy. A new site just launched this month, and we're at www.cyb.is. That's it. Cyb.is. I'll have to personally check that out. I haven't seen that new one yet. So good stuff there. All right, Jeff, man, really appreciate the time. Enjoyed chatting with you, and we will catch up with you soon. Thank you, Grant. I appreciate your time. Take care, man. Boom goes the dynamite. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Jeff. I can't help but think by saying boom goes the dynamite and thinking about Jeff and the Secret Service story, how that, that probably wouldn't go together real well. So anyway, good stuff there. Thanks, Jeff, for sharing your story and journey. Hope you enjoyed that interview, that episode with Jeff of uh, Cybus Communications. Hey, uh, feel free to stop by grantbaldon.com. Every episode will have uh, just a summary of the show as well as any links that we discuss. You can check out you can check out Cybus and their, their site, see what they're up to. And maybe, I don't know, maybe uh, Jeff and I will cross paths at a a future event that perhaps you will be at. So that would be uh, cool. So hey, uh, feel free to email me, grant grantbaldwin.com anytime I can help you with anything uh, or feel free to hit me up online on Twitter at Grant Baldwin. Whatever you're chewing on or working on, let me know about it. I'd love to hear from you. Also, feel free to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Make sure you leave us a rating and review. Love to hear from you. Helps other people find the show and just good to know that you're digging the show, that you like the show, what you like and what we can improve on, how we can continue to make this a, a show that inspires and encourages you to find and do work you love. All right, I think that wraps up this episode. Boys and girls, we will be coming at you again real soon with some more uh, delicious, fresh-baked knowledge biscuits. So ah, they're cooking right now. We're whipping up the batter. It's going to be delicious. Can't wait. (laughs) You're awesome. Talk to you next time. 
Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.